you ever think about the fact that we're all salespeople? We're all selling something. Ourselves, our ideas, things in our business. Next speaker is going to be talking about being a sales warrior. So let's see what he has to say. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. All right, Giant Builders, here we are again. So today's guest is John Sales Warrior Sansoni, but you can guess his specialty is in sales. So how are you doing, John? I'm doing great, Lois. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. So tell me why Sales Warrior? Yeah, so I've been in sales, Lois, for 32 years. And uh, I think some other people use the term sales warrior. But when you're in sales for 32 years, you actually, you, you have to warrior through your day. You know, you have good things happen, but more importantly, you have bad things happen. And the difference between a warrior and somebody who is, like I like to say, reptilian in nature, is, is a warrior can, uh, can change the bad for good. And, uh, and take that, you know, that appointment that just got canceled and uh, create an appointment out of nothing. And, and that's the difference between a warrior and, uh, you know, somebody that lets things happen to them. You, you can't be a sales warrior and let things happen to you. Yeah, you've got to really have tough skin. So 32 years. So tell me, what has changed over that, that period of time? Well, technology, for one, like when I started in sales, you know, they would give you a list of companies to call on. We didn't have any decision makers listed. We're basically calling out of the phone book. Um, nowadays, with the internet and everything, the amount of detail that I can get on a prospect is tremendous. I love it. Yeah, you can even find out what their favorite color is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I can go out and see if there's an article written about them somewhere and read about it. Oh, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So what is your favorite way to reach out to the decision makers? Well, personally, I use a canvassing email. Uh, I canvass with email. And, uh, and, and I like to say when they wiggle, you know, I get interested. If they're not wiggling, I'm not looking to talk anybody into anything. What are some soft skills of selling? You know, people skills, right? Like understand your customer. And, uh, and two, like if you're interested in your customer outside of the business at hand, people will pick up on that. And if you have genuine interest, like as an example, before our uh, podcast interview today, I went ahead and researched you to understand that you're in Indiana, you're right outside of Indianapolis, uh, you and your husband, it looks like have a photo uh, business photo studio, maybe, is that right? We did. We re he recently retired. Oh, did he? Okay. Well, I was just thinking like commonality. Like, do I know anybody who is a photographer, professional photographer? I do. Do I know somebody that owns a photography studio? I do. Does, did my family have a retail business for over 30 years? They did. And, uh, and we sold it too when my mom retired. Okay. What kind of retail did you do? Furniture and uh, antique furniture, uh, gifts and uh, floral shop. Oh, cool. Lots of variety. I see that you wrote a book. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, my book, it's, it's called Sales Warrior. And the, and the reason I wrote it is because a lot of people that like teach professional selling, 
um, did it so many years ago that how relevant is it now? Like some of the most famous ones were written in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Mine was written over the last three years. And, uh, and then two, a lot of people that teach professional sales talk about overcoming objections. I'm going to say that like if you're truly a professional salesperson, you're not overcoming objections, you're creating relationships. So in your emails, I, I'm assuming they're mostly cold emails. Yes. Have you, what do you think is one of your big points to get them to open that email? Well, there has to be credibility for me, my company, and my offering. And, and typically it's a free offering because you're trying to get them to wiggle. You know, like I want to analyze this for you for free. As an example, I've been doing this for 32 years. As an example, my company is this and they're that. And, uh, you know, you have to have credibility for your company, for yourself, and for your offering. And if you have all three of those things, then it's just a matter of fishing and finding people that would be interested in what you have to offer. But most people don't do that, Lois. Most people, like I had a guy today, didn't even use correct grammar. He contacted me and, uh, oh, it was so bad. I have people contact me all the time and it is so bad. They send me a Facebook request and then they immediately instant message me and they don't even use correct grammar. And many times they just tell me what they do without any idea of who I am. And, that, and that's the biggest fallacy in sales. Yeah, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is people who just become your friend and then they're sending you their pitch, you know, that they're not working on the relationship. And I think it's the relationship, you know, you're going to buy from people that you like. And if you're not going to at least ask me where I live or, you know, what's my, do I have my Christmas tree up or something like that, then, you know, I just feel like, well, you don't even care about me. <laughs> right. And, and that's what I try to teach people to do. Like one of my soft skills of selling is uh, how to make yourself likable. Because some people are likable. And some people aren't likable. And why is that? And how can you make yourself more likable? And many times making yourself more likable, you have to, you know, find interest in them. But then you have to be interesting. Like a lot of salespeople don't realize that. Mm -hmm. Like when, when somebody asks you, what'd you do over the weekend? Or what are you going to do over the weekend? You better have something that sounds good. Because people are judging whether they're going to do business with you, whether they like you. And people judge you too, like how happy you are. Like that's the simplest uh, soft scaling skill I can teach people, but happy people sell more stuff. That's true. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're a business owner, are you not automatically into sales? I mean, I, it may not be your yes. division, but as a business owner, I would say you're a salesman too. Absolutely. Anybody in business, you're a salesperson. Your shingle is your business. And uh, good business owners treat their people really well. Why do they treat their people really well? Because how you treat your people is how your people are going to treat your customers. If, if you don't treat your people well, then it's a reflection on how you're going to treat their, your customers. So, um, so you've got to treat your employees extremely well. And, uh, you know, that's a soft skilling, you know, soft uh, sales skill is just treat people the way you want to be treated. I know it's simplistic in nature, but uh, 
you reap what you sow. I'm not a biblical master, but I know the basics. <laughs> so tell me about the chapters in your book. Yeah, so, um, you know, I spent some time talking about the importance of being a salesperson. And the reason I do that is because many times people take a sales position because they feel like they're not qualified to do anything else. And uh, quite honestly, when I was in my early 20s, I kind of felt that way. Like I would look in the newspaper and it'd be like, okay, well, we have this marketing manager uh, opportunity here. We're looking for 15 years of experience managing marketing and for hospitals. And I'm like, okay, do I have that experience? Do I have that degree? No, 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 no. And it was like starting salary, 120,000. Now keep in mind, this was back in the nineties. And, and then I would look and it would be, uh, you know, uh, general electric salesperson, uh, base plus commission, 110,000. And I'd be like sales. I mean, it was so logical to me that like, if I wanted to make six figures, I needed to be in sales. Not that I made six figures when I first started out. So, uh, but, uh, but I knew that like, if I got good in sales and found the right opportunities, Lois, that I could make really good money and be rewarded for, you know, what I bring to the table. And that's what I'm trying to do with my book. I'm trying to take things that I don't think sales managers know because they, they haven't been in sales for over 30 years. And I'm just trying to put it out to the world and say, here it is. I've read a hundred biographies plus in my lifetime. I've read 70 plus books on professional selling. You can read my book and get some of the best inspiration and instruction derived from my years of reading with only one book. That's good. So what's another highlight in your book? You know, the idea that you, you don't ask for the business until you have clearly defined the customer's need and uh, clearly defined that you have what they need. And in simplistic terms, I call it threading the needle. So like as an example, I'll pick on car salesmen, but many car salesmen just get you on the lot and let you go wherever without asking you any questions. Like, like if you look at me, you think, okay, if I went to the car lot, say I went to the Kia dealership or I went to the Chevy dealership, I probably look like somebody that would buy a sports car, right? But you know nothing about me. And, and that's key. So the broader base question, you know, like, uh, you know, I imagine you've been thinking about this. What cars have you been looking at online? What furniture have you been looking at online? People do their research before they go out to see this stuff. So, so really, really, I call it thread the needle, which means find out what this person has already done research-wise, find out what they're looking at, and then two, broaden the vision of what they're looking at. You know, like I use furniture as an example. Some salespeople are so pinpointed on selling that one item, they lose the big package. Like somebody goes into a furniture store to buy a table, to buy a chair, to buy a couch. But in reality, if you spent some time understanding, you'd understand that maybe they're, uh, you know, this particular woman hates their bedroom set. And if you could show her a bedroom set, and more importantly, show her how she could afford that bedroom set, you could sell that bedroom set, regardless of the fact that she just came in for a table or a chair that day. The good salesperson will take the time. 
That's one thing that I teach in my book. Many salespeople think it's a numbers game, and I'll agree, it is a numbers game. But dance with the one you're with and dance well with the one you're with. I think of it as dating. It's true, there's a lot of people that you can go out with and date, but when you're on that date, be focused on them and, and really, really understand like what's important to them. Like what's their why? Like what jazzes them? If you can find out what jazzes somebody, you're not gonna have objections. That's a good point. Do you think that salespeople might also have a weakness in not doing like a continuous contact with people? I teach and I have sayings for everything I teach. Like one of the things I say about leads is uh, leads get better with time like wine. Like even though this particular lead wasn't interested in what you had at that particular time, well, they know who you are. They know what you offer. And, uh, and timing is everything. That's why sales is a numbers game. So like one thing I teach in sales is, uh, you know, don't burn a lead. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I teach that a lot. And two, I teach, which is contrary to like what uh, sales managers teach, but, but I, I teach what makes me super successful. And what makes me super successful is uh, reverse psychology. Well, I never pressure anybody into having a meeting with them. In fact, I act like I don't need a meeting with them at all, which many times I got to be honest is true because I'm financially independent. So like whether they buy from me or not this year is irrelevant because I really don't need the money. I like making the money. Don't get me wrong. And it is a game to me. And that's something else I teach is sales is a game. But if you act like it's not that important to you, whether they buy or not, it makes them feel freer to buy from you. Like when I'm following up with somebody and I really want to make the sale, I say, would you rather speak this week or would next week be better? And then if they put me off, I put them off even further. And it's reverse psychology because people want what they can't have. And if they think you're so in demand, and I'll let people know, hey, I, you know, my schedule is, and it is, like as soon as I get done with this meeting with you, I got three more meetings today. So my schedule is full and uh, I stay busy. And I like working with busy people, but most salespeople don't do that. Most salespeople, you know, you know, act like they have all the time in the world to talk to you. I mean, I've had so many contractors come over to my house and I was like, oh my God, please let me leave now because my wife and I want to go to dinner. It's Friday night and uh, you can't stop talking. It lets me know you don't have any other appointments today. Oh, good point. Um, yeah, you got, you got to act in demand. Mm -hmm. And uh, people want to buy from people that other people are buying from. And, uh, and you fake it till you make it. But once, once you are in that sweet spot, that's exactly how it's going to be. So you've written a book. Tell me how that has affected your popularity, if you will. Oh, well, so I I have a, uh, I have a podcast. And so my podcast is up to like 170 viewers uh, who follow me which isn't a lot per se, but, um, you know, some, sometimes I get 600 views, 700 views when I, uh, when I do a podcast. So that's broadened my, uh, broadened my scope. I have, uh, I think a thousand people that follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I have uh, 2000 people on Facebook that, uh, that follow me, but I'm not looking for everybody to follow me. I want people that can, you know, benefit from what I have to say. And, and that's the professional salespeople, the people starting out in sales, 
the people that are burned out in sales or the people that just, you know, have been doing it for so long and they, and they need some inspiration. Cause that's me. Like I've been doing it 32 years. I can't tell you how many times I've driven by a Barnes and Noble and be like, I'm going to go get a new sales book. I'm going to go get a new tape series. I'm not going to start out this new year, 2023 without any inspiration. And you know who benefits the most from my stuff? Me. Like I listen to my own stuff and get jazzed about it and sell more stuff. So like, I believe in my own, um, in my own recipes, so to speak. So what is your podcast? My podcast, it's a comedy podcast. It's called Schools Out 80s Comedy Storytime. Oh, how fun. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I just thought of it one day because Brendan Bouchard, who's a famous uh, motivational speaker, younger than me, by the way, um, said that you needed a way to broaden your audience uh, in order to bring your product lines to a broader audience and give something away for free. And, uh, and so I thought podcast, he does podcasts. And so I was like, well, what kind of podcast do I want to do? And it's not that I don't like, you know, talking about sales because I do like talking about sales, but I'm like, you know, I'm more than that. Like I'm funny. And, uh, and, and I think my next guest, he doesn't know it yet, is going to be John Karabi, who used to play with Motley Crue. Mm, cool. I have it in there and I'm reading John's book right now. And John's probably trying to sell his book. And so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to approach him. I'm a, one of my last guests was a famous guitar player out of Pennsylvania. So I have, I have female guests. I have male guests, but we just try to make it funny. We're just trying to bring a little comedy to the world because like people are so serious. If somebody wanted to start a new career in sales, what advice would you give them? Well, they really need to stay inspired and really learn the basics of sales. Like they shouldn't think and, and put all that pressure on their sales manager and their new company to teach them. I never viewed my career that way. I mean, the reason I've read so many books on professional selling and read other motivational books is because I've always felt like, you know, I'm a professional. So that's one thing I teach. I teach professional selling, not wing it selling. I teach professional selling. And the only way you can be a professional is from learning. And, and I think that's lost on a lot of people, unfortunately, Lois, lost on a lot of people. I mean, I wish there were more people out there like me who are knowledge seekers. Like I'm a knowledge seeker. I, I get on a subject matter and I want to find out everything about it. I read one book on Marilyn Monroe and decided that it might have been one sided. So I read four more. I read one book on the OJ trial and felt like it might have been, you know, slanted one way. So I read four more on the OJ trial. So like I am constantly in learning mode and, and really I think that's what makes me successful and interesting is because I'm constantly learning new information and then I'm able to use it in the marketplace. I mean, I just talked to an individual the other day who's raising his niece. So he's raising his niece and uh, he has a significant other and, and, uh, and he thought it kind of strange, you know, his, uh, I guess his uh, sister, wasn't able to raise her daughter. So he had to go to court to be able to raise his, uh, raise his niece. And, uh, and I said, you know what? Your niece is gonna have a very similar background to John Lennon. And he goes, he goes, well, what do you mean by that? I'm like, well, John Lennon was raised by his aunt and his uncle George. And, uh, and look, you know, John Lennon turned out pretty good. <laughs> that was encouraging. 
yeah, you know, it's just, but, but like, I know these things because I, you know, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also a really strong introvert and I read and I analyze things to the nth degree. And, and I think that's lost on so many people. Oh, definitely. Tell me about your model for life. Yeah. So, so my model or motto for life is uh, life is short. And then combined with that, Lois, uh, life is for living. So why is that important? Well, life is short. So make the most of the time you have on this earth. I don't know what that means for everybody. I know what it means to me, but it, it means that, you know, every little good or bad thing that doesn't happen isn't the end of the world. And enjoy all you can while you can. And if you don't believe me, life is short you know, go to a hospital where they're terminally ill on and uh, they'll tell you how short life is. And, uh, and then flip that around and life is for living. So over the holiday, I was off for seven days. I walked 21 miles with my dog. Wow. We walked and we hiked 21 miles, uh, three miles a day. And um, it was enjoyable. I mean, I was jazzed to do it. And, and it's because, you know, you, you got to feed the temple. And you, uh, you got to treat the temple like a temple. And, um, you know, it's just, it's the attitude towards life. And if you take those kind of attitudes towards life, you're not going to be the guy that when you go to a restaurant or gal, that when you go to a restaurant and you get your food, it's like, oh, my food wasn't that good. Was it really about food or was it about like, you know, being able to spend time with family and being able to enjoy the company? of everybody around and or the interesting atmosphere not being in your house anymore did you pick up on anything around you what was going on around you because you can be if you get outside of yourself you can become much more successful in life because you can be insightful like if you're totally just thinking about yourself it's hard to be insightful man that's all wonderful and i hope you know y'all use this as inspiration and it's easy to reach me on linkedin it's john j-o-n sales warrior all one word or you can go out to my website, uh, saleswarriorinspire.com. And uh, the special today is that if you buy my course for 99 bucks, which is just cheap, I started it at $400. And, and frankly, I don't need the money. I'm just really trying to inspire people. So you would get my book for free on Amazon. And monthly, you'd get free inspiration from me with an interview like this that we're doing with Lois. Oh, that's wonderful. Giant Builders go to the YouTube portion of our podcast and blow in the comments, leave a comment and we'll have a drawing and give away one of John's books. All right. Awesome. Great. Awesome. Sounds great. Giant builders. I love it. I teach that, you know, you, you, you don't, you don't, you don't come into life. One time I was interviewed and I was just kind of playing a joke on somebody Lois. And we started the interview out and the guy's like, well, tell me about yourself, John. I'm like, well, you know, it, when I very first started out, I couldn't really walk. I went through a time period where I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I mean, it was extremely, uh, you know, a, a long time or whatever before. And then I finally, I was able to walk and then I was able to run. And, and then I started uh, reading and, you know, I was talking about being a baby or baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but like he didn't pick up on it and, uh, and he thought like I was disabled or whatever and broke out of it. And, uh, but that's why I like the term that you use, giant builders, because okay. uh, none of us, you know, come into this world uh, five foot something or six foot something. We all come into this world, you know, 
X amount of inches and X amount of pounds. And it's up to God and, you know, the world around us to grow us. Oh, great. All right. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate yeah. your information. Remember, we're posting on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so make sure you see our next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. <laughs>